Hey guys, this is Anoop. I'm sure you've heard. I have a startup called Renta. You can visit me at renta.com, R-E-N-T-A-H.com. The idea is you could rent any type of good service or space. So you could rent uh, Arturo to teach you Brazilian jiu-jitsu, or you could rent uh, my friend Andy to uh, set up your podcasting equipment for your next gig, or you could rent uh, the Philosophy of Fighting podcast to uh, promote a commercial on our podcast or some gear, right? Like our friend Michael Shear did, if you want some Wu-Tang apparel. So uh, check out Renta, it would mean a lot to me. Cheers. Welcome to the Philosophy of Fighting podcast with your hosts, Arturo and Anu. All right, so this is episode 50. We made it to 50 episodes. And we're going to talk about, we're going to try to order, make a list in order of the most dangerous submissions to the least dangerous submissions. This might be a pretty tough task. So when you're saying, so when you're saying dangerous, are you talking about the person that it, the sub is being applied to or like while you're doing it yourself? Oh, no, I wasn't thinking of it in risk. I was thinking of it in damage. Okay. So definitely the person is being applied to. Okay. Yeah. All right. Where to start on this? I guess we should start with heel hooks. Yeah, right? Because that's what comes to mind first is the heel hook the most dangerous. Because it fucks, even though it's called a heel hook, it fucks up your knee. Correct. Which I've always hated that it's called heel hook because of that. What would you call it? I don't know. Like, they call the Kimura because it's named after the guy. What is it? It's a shoulder lock. Yeah, interesting. That's a weird one to me. Yeah, so but we call it Kimura. But heel hook attacks the knee, and we call it a heel hook. You do hook friend- the heel in order to tear the knee. So I, I kind of get it. But yeah, it's a weird yeah, one. Yeah, it's like a hooking motion. Okay, so how if, if a heel hook is applied correctly... What actually gets teared? Isn't it like your ACL and like your MCL? It's like it could, all of it them. Could be, it could be all of it potentially. And so how long are you the out? traditional heel hook usually gets, well, it can be your ACL, PCL, LCL, where the inverted heel hook usually goes MCL first before it goes ACL, PCL. So how long is somebody out if they tear all three of those? And it's applied correctly, and someone vicious. There's four ligaments it. there. If you if you shred them all, you're out a year, for sure, at least. And you're probably never the same, unless you're like some super athlete. Yeah, yeah. So it is very <laughs> dangerous potentially, and people think. I mean, classically, it was dangerous and it was banned. I think it's still banned in like certain levels of competition or whatever. It's deemed dangerous because of its long term impact and this relates a little bit to last week when we we're talking about am i the asshole guy the one that was like pulling on the arm like the mm-hmm. heel hook hits faster so i think both the applier and the person it's being applied to has like limited time to know whether it's effective and once you kind of know it, it's like oh fuck you gotta tap asap yeah they both have to be aware of what's going on Otherwise, something bad's going to happen. If one of them is unaware of what's going on, something bad's going to happen. They both have to be aware. So is this podcast over? Is this the answer? Is it, is no, it heel hooks? Or? I'll play contrarian. I think every sub is like that. So I also fear the Oma Pilata. Okay. And 
I don't know how you would better describe an omoplata. Like you're kind of a hook. It's a kimura with your legs. It's a kimura with your legs, but you're kind of side to side with them. You're hugging their back. And yeah, your leg, it's like an S shape. And so you, the more forward you lean, the more torque on their shoulder with their arm. And I always feel like because of that lean, if you just kind of slip and lean too far forward, you will rip their shoulder off. No, plus it's your whole body weight. It just feels like a scary, like nobody hits them because it's easy to roll out. But I feel like if somebody really did hit it or slipped up or it's an accident, like I just feel like what's more damaging to your training career and your overall quality of life? Like somebody ripping your shoulder apart or somebody ripping your knee apart? That's a good question. So the knee, I just think surgery-wise, the knee is tougher. Whereas the shoulder, because what a Kimura is doing is attacking a shoulder. And the shoulder, shoulder is a weaker joint than the knee. It's just when we talk about like the heel hook being more dangerous, it's just because the surgery is more complicated and it's a longer layoff. But the pain, I guess, does come sooner in terms of being able to tap. So yeah, I, I get that a heel hook is more dangerous than a Kimura, but is it that much more dangerous than a Kimura? I don't know. I just feel like the Omoplata is also more dangerous than a Kimura in the sense that people have better control of their hands than their legs. And so this is being applied by their legs. And so like, am I wrong if they slip or they fall forward? Like it's more likely you can make a mistake that could lead to injury than... I think there's more ways out of an Omoplata than a Kimura. So I make the Omoplata safer. But you get what I'm saying in terms of the person applying it, though? Like, don't I get you think it. They, they have, have more leverage to finish it. That's why the Kimura considered it a strongman move. Yes. Some people consider it a strongman move because it definitely takes a little bit more force than something like an Omoplata does. Yeah, I'm terrible at hitting the Kimuras. I just only sometimes... So maybe we should categorize it. Maybe, like, super dangerous, mid, <laughs> middle dangerous, and just a little dangerous. Maybe we should kind of, like, go into those three categories. Okay. So maybe, all right, so let's, let's identify. Heel hooks are classically looked at as super dangerous. I, I, I guess we put them in there. Mm-hmm. What's little? Maybe we should like define the spectrum. Like what's a submission that you're like, okay, that's not that dangerous. That way at least we can like start making a spectrum. Like, okay, they're between these. Where do they lie? In my opinion, all the chokes are not that dangerous. Oh, okay. So you're going... All the chokes, not that dangerous. You go sleepy time. Okay, well, then we have to talk about the long-term impacts, too, potentially. I know, I just don't believe in the long-term impacts. <laughs> you can't say that. <laughs> because you Obviously. can't see them. Because you can't. Yeah, you can't see them. If you can't see them, then they don't exist, like CTE or anything like that. Right, exactly. Well, that that's the other thing is I, I don't know if I can put them as least dangerous. Because our toes... If their long-term impacts exist, like something like CTE can effectively end your life early or make your later life really hellish for years. Yeah. Whereas if I tear a knee, that's one year and I'm back. Like there's no coming back from CTE. There's no, so I don't know if I can put chokes as least dangerous. CTE though will give you a get out of jail free card. Cause anytime you do something stupid, like OJ and kill your wife or Antonio Brown, be reckless, people are like, yeah, maybe it was the CTE. Sure, but you're still living a life that you're not really in control of anymore. <laughs> so, like, if I'm running around killing people, I don't really want to kill people. 
or maybe you always did and the ct just brought it out finally yeah, yeah. liberated you but from your domesticated think, mindset i think most people would not like say oh cte cool that's a cool jet get out of jail free card i'll take it <laughs> i was actually talking to somebody about that about cancer mm -hmm. fuck who was i talking about it but we we're like yo you gotta put sunscreen on and then oh yeah it's brian and, and then brian's like i don't care and I was like, you could get skin cancer. He's like, I will sign up for skin cancer right now. If that means I don't get the other cancers. <laughs> <Such a, laughs> it's not how that works. I imagine if it did, though, because they say there's a one out of three chance of getting cancer. So do you just roll the dice and you're like, whatever, I'm not going to get cancer. There's a 66% chance I'm not going to get cancer. Or are you the type of person that's like, fuck, I'm, I'm unhealthy and I'm not that lucky. So let me just take skin cancer right now. And yeah, I mean, not have to worry about any other cancer. Yeah. If you can bargain with God, I guess. Yeah. Like th that's not a thing though. You can get, you get cancer, it can metastasize and like go into other organs of your body. Like that's what really gets you, right? It spreads too much. So I don't know what metastasize means. So then I'm just going to assume I'm not going to get it because <laughs> it doesn't. Yeah. You can't, you can't pick your cancer, but if you could pick your cancer, sure. Skin would be best because that is the most treatable. Yeah, knock on wood, my dog's had cancer for the last eight weeks, and they mm. said she was going to die in like eight to 16 weeks. So I was like, fuck. So it should be like around now, and mm. she's like bleeding and sick. But I've been giving her this like mushroom juice, mm -hmm. and her swelling is going down, and she's like running at the park like today, and like she tried to jump in the car, and mm. Norma had to pick her up in the car. So I was like, fuck yeah. So yeah, maybe mind over matter a little bit with some of these. Yeah, maybe. Diseases. I so, I, again, so we're going to talk about long-term impacts. They're pretty big. So they're not immediate, but they can be really big. So Arturo is referencing a study that is saying chokes can lead to S CTE. It's not really CTE. It's what is it? Along the lines of damage to your arteries. So they actually did a study, and we can go into this on another episode that we're planning on in the future. But basically, there's a study tout like a good study showing that the compression of your carotid arteries through the use of chokes through like grappling have been shown to not only damage them, but damage them in a manner that can cause more blood clots, big problems, big implications, surgical life altering type stuff. So yeah, I'm, I'm just so surprised by that because are I've you rarely, surprised by it? I've you... rarely heard about that at gyms. Like and how many people go to every gym you'd figure like, one person at every gym would have been so here's sick. the thing is i know someone and we're gonna have them on the show i know but yeah there is there is damage being done here now here's yeah, the I thing is like again people don't know the damage they carry a lot right like you don't know what type of cardiovascular shape you're in you're like oh i got good cardio you don't know you don't know what your arteries look like you don't know people most people don't know their blood pressure most you know what i mean yeah I actually had a, a blood clot when I was in Mexico. Right. Because I used to travel via bus in Mexico when I was like getting my master's. It's cheap for like 50 bucks. You could cross the whole country. But they were long trips. And so apparently I, I didn't realize this, but I was on the bus for like 16 hours. And then when I got back to Mexico City, I got into my hotel room and then I felt like I was having a heart attack. And I was like, yo, something is fucking weird with my body right now. And I was like, but I can't be having a heart attack. And then like, you ever think you have heartburn? And then 
you just ate but i was like yo i haven't eaten in like 10 hours i was like what the fuck is wrong with me right now and then i was like there's literally a hospital across the street i was like should i go to the hospital or is like does that make me like a bitch you know then i was like and then i was like all right maybe because you don't know you're all alone you're like so is this in my head or not you know maybe i smoked a joint too like i don't know but then i i went to the hospital and i was like how much to just like make sure i'm not having a heart attack and they go like oh it's like ten thousand dollars or something and i was like what i was like fuck this and then i didn't go and then the next day i did go to a nice hospital that my friend knew the doctor and they were like oh you had a blood clot and it went through your heart and uh, apparently like 15 percent of all sudden deaths are linked to blood clots and embolisms so every time somebody's like oh how did they die why did they die it's blood clot that's that's a lot yeah i think it's definitely more common and i think it is something to think about now but wouldn't we be having that at so many more gyms since we're always choking each other all the time well here's the thing is like that's what would need to be studied further is how much pressure how frequent and how long does that pressure need to be applied in order to do damage how much damage if my neck carries more muscle is that protecting my carotid artery in any facet? Is my neck able to almost like help mitigate that? I'd like to believe more tissue there should help at least take some of that force. I don't know. I think is, uh, is I, enough force that puts you to sleep because I mean, most people don't go to sleep and most of it like exactly 99 out of a hundred chokes, the person's not going to sleep, but I don't know. Like these these things weren't in the study, like they weren't going to sleep, but they were testing the health of people that grappled and it wasn't so great. I think it also, you have to look at like, are you competing? Are you going against like really good people? Like, and maybe, maybe how recent, maybe like you're most at risk when you're like a white belt and blue belt. I think you're carrying you're a heavy out. bias because you don't want to believe to the choke. I don't want to believe it. To me, like, it just feels like you, you go sleepy it. time. And, and even the CTE thing, like obviously CTE is real, but they even say like people get it after high school, college, like even kids playing soccer and like headbutting the ball could have forms Car of accidents. CTE. Sure. Yeah. There are so, a lot of ways so, to get CTE. So then part of me just thinks like, do we all just have CTE? And then now it's just like levels. Like obviously the football yeah. players are dying because they're hitting each other. Right, but like levels. normal people have normal levels of CTE. So maybe oh, so this like, was another study that came up too was are the impacts in football more dangerous than the impacts from let's say boxing or mma and it shows that no i would have definitely are far more dangerous for cte than football far more see i'm so surprised with the the helmets and how they hit each other thing when we think football we only think of the worst possible hits so in the hits that like knock people out ring people's bell yes as a single impact those are worse. Okay. But when you're measuring the totality of football in terms of like all the tackles versus a boxing match or an MMA fight, then that boxing match or MMA fight is worse than the game is for the average player. Are they also looking at training? Because training is more than the sport. So it's like how long you're, you know, like all the sparring sessions for like boxing and MMA versus like training camp and practices for football players. The competition. See, I think like the consistency of like you're getting obviously way more hurt in training. So I wonder I don't if that has any. Wise, I don't think that's the case at all. People don't spar as hard in training, and people don't play as hard in practice for football. I think they most, used to. Yeah, they used to. changed it. But uh, yeah, so 
I don't know. I don't want to put chokes as least dangerous because, again, if this is true, they could potentially be most dangerous. So what would you put as least dangerous? Because if we're, if we're going to do heel hooks are most dangerous because they put you out for the longest amount of time, then CTE and stuff like that, like the, the trauma to your arteries, I'm like, that could put you out for 30 years. You know what I mean? Like that could be the most dangerous. It could be the most dangerous. So because of but- that, I just want to put it in the middle. We need more studies on it. <laughs> I need more evidence. Yeah, probably middle is good. But first, you have to tell me what's the least dangerous then, if I'm going to accept that's, that's that. That's what we have to talk about. So I, if I'm going to pick least dangerous, I'm going to pick... Like, think of it this way. If your kid is being like an asshole and you have to reprimand them, what sub are you going to use on your child since wrist it's lock. the least dangerous. I feel like I feel like you would break your kid's wrist. <laughs> yeah, wrist. I'm saying if there's anything to break, I don't know. I feel like the wrist is better than an ankle, better than a knee. But to me, the wrist is Definitely like to me. Than your spine. To, to me, most dangerous is a neck crack. To me, the breaking is scary compared course, to going any sleepy. Any break is scary. You're not trying to. We're we're just trying to make a hierarchy here, right? So. For me, if I'm going most dangerous, I'm going neck crank. If I'm going least dangerous, I'm saying wrist lock. Out of every hundred wrist locks that are applied, let's let's look at it this way. Out of every hundred wrist locks that are applied, how many wrists break? Out of every hundred arm bars that are applied, how many arms break? Like out of every hundred heel hooks that are applied, how many he like knees are fucked up? Like to me, that's also how I would so look at the at most like dangerous. Then. Yeah, like because I feel like wrist locks people aren't used to defending them and they have to like come on quick and it's the weakest part of your body so i just feel like it's like fuck you just broke yeah, but like you break your wrist so what you're like limp wristed for like months it hurts and you feel like but a- like you can still do most everything still if you break your ankle you can't walk you rip your knee you can't walk like i'd rather yeah. be able to walk but that's why it's hard for me with the choke thing because like we still don't know how Long you may not be able to function for 20 years later on. Yeah, I don't know. Like you could, you could look at it like, oh, there was guys doing jujitsu in the 80s, 90s, and they're okay today. Like or Helio, you could be like, oh, look at Helio. But you're like, no one was really choking Helio. Yeah, once you're that, that good, you. you know what I mean, once you're that good, you don't get choked out anymore. Right. So you're like, I, I don't know. <laughs> so the secret to avoid getting. CT is being like a purple belt and above, or just say, you, know, you just get, just start really good. So yeah. nobody chokes you and you never get hurt. I mean, I know personally, I find that when a choke is being applied on me, I mean, if it's a good choke, obviously there's people that try to apply chokes and like, all right, they don't have like anything. Here. I'm good to breathe pretty normally. But if I feel like a choke is a real threat, I'll always throw my limb out so they can try to take a limb and I'll try to escape the limb lock. Like, get them off the choke. I would never leave. The only reason I leave a choke for an armbar is just to practice the armbar. No, no, no. I don't mean offensively. I mean, if the choke is being applied on me, I'm going to throw an arm out or something. Yeah, but what I'm saying is I would never leave it. To get out of the choke. I would never take that bait. I would be like, I have to finish you with a choke. Okay, yeah. I mean, that, that's what I do. And I think a lot of times it works because they're like, ah, oh, the choke's not really happening. Mm. off my neck and i feel a lot easier to be able to slip and slide and get out of other things all right just for arguments purposes if i did keep that mentality that that would potentially save me from the long-term effects of those things 
but I won't lie. I mean, I've been put to sleep. I've been choked a bunch of times. So, so far in your hierarchy, you have wrist locks are the least scary. Yeah. You have chokes in the middle and you have heel hooks at the top. Neck cranks, number one for me. Okay. And you said you don't really see that big of a difference between neck cranks and chokes. No, I do. Okay. You see a big difference, but you don't, you hate your pet peeve is when somebody goes, that was a crank and not a choke. Correct. Why? For just the listeners, just so they hear your Because because it's a move you can feel being applied. Like if I'm applying a neck crank, I can do it in a way that leaves you time to tap. Of course, it can be super dangerous because I can do it in a manner where you have no time to tap and you get really fucked up. It is just like a heel hook in that instance. I can apply pressure on a heel hook that gives you time to know when to tap or I can be an asshole and rip. Right, so, so go- both, they both have potential to be super dangerous, but that doesn't mean they should not be around. They should not be. Mm-hmm. They should not be looked down upon. So the same mindset that people look down on heel hooks for you know twenty, thirty years, like oh no, 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 we're still doing that with neck cranks. I'm sure another I mean, ten years from now we won't be. Neck cranks should be the top because the neck is more important than the knee. If we're yeah, gonna do by hierarchy of the body, you could paralyze someone. Yeah, paralysis is the scariest thing in the world. Right. There's no I think like my personal number one or two fear, life in prison. Right. So we got to put neck cranks number one. Yeah. All right. Neck crank one. Oh, my God. Yeah, I saw a video once. Or maybe it was in a UFC fighter. Herb Dean was talking about it. But somebody had like a reverse guillotine. Yeah, the dragon sleeper. Yeah. It's like a oh, my God. Like that. their back. Yeah. That is scary. Like when I saw that, I was like, yo, I, if I was the judge, I'd be like, yo, you're ta- done. Fight's over. Don't even fucking, I don't want to look at this. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Mm-hmm. There's now some terrifying. from that. Like people will actually hit a north-south choke and then try to bridge them up and almost like take their back. with. Oh, that's scary. That, that, that's a viable thing. There's some catch wrestlers that do that. That's terrifying. That move, now that we talk about hierarchy, that move scares me the most. Okay, that's the yeah, scariest move, the reverse. Yeah, I would not want to be a part of that. Even if I was doing that to somebody, I'd be like, why the fuck am I doing this? I would be scared. I would let go. I would be like, all right, I'm going to choke you out. But again, if you're looking at like the skill, so long as the people, especially the people administering the move, understand the speed in which they can apply the force, then it should be fine. But you can think of that on anything, right? If I'm using an arm bar, if I just fucking grip and go, of course that's a dick move. If I'm doing it in a manner that like you understand the dangers and you have time to tap, then you have the time. It, same thing. I think all submissions are like that. But yes, the impact from a neck crank or a heel hook is pretty big. But also to add on to that, some of these submissions, we don't practice that much. And so say you're like a blue belt like me that somehow gets that reverse guillotine. Maybe three times I've had that, you know, and it was by accident. And if I got that on somebody, chances are they suck. So now we're two people that suck doing this really high risky move. And so, so that's contend, so dangerous. People contend that heel hooks were like that because like, oh, you don't learn heel hooks till blue belt or you don't learn heel hooks till purple. Like, oh, you made it more dangerous that way. You're yeah. Whipping enough people to know how to apply those. So like when I, when I trained with Elias and Dean Lister, they were guys like white belt. Yeah. You're learning this shit right away. You need mm-hmm. to, in order to know mm-hmm. the danger. Yeah. And I really like that. And I've always kept that. I, like anytime I'm teaching someone new, I, I, I definitely equip them early on about it. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, John Burke at Richmond County Jiu-Jitsu. What up? He will show us. He shows everybody the heel hooks, but like he'll like reinforce over and over again. Do not rip this. Like you yeah. know, like if you fuck, like you have to respect your partner, and if you fuck up, you ha- might have to go home. <laughs> like you know, like and it's just, which is like serious to kind of say because that's also being like. I mean, to kick a student out, that's like a lot of money, you know, like if you think of like over the years, like three, four years, but also if you're hurting other students. Yeah, I I accidentally hurt some kid's toe once, like at Sambo Steve's gym. We were just wrestling and his first day there and his like foot got caught in the mat Mm. and he like broke his ankle. I didn't feel guilty because that was a freak thing. Yeah, but I did. I did feel guilty. I was like, fuck, if that kid stayed for a year, that's like fifteen hundred dollars. You know, like, it's like, oh, man, like, I just, yeah, it does suck. Yeah. All right. So, so I've, heel I've, hook, I've I, I kind of agree with you. I've had What'd my MCL torn from a heel hook, and it's never been the same. I know that when I get heel hooked on that side, I'm talking like barely any pressure has to go on, and I feel the pain. It is different mm. than my other leg. What scares me is I never feel the pain with heel hooks which is why I always tap right away. Cause I always feel like one day I'm gonna, and I usually, if somebody catches it on me, I look at them and I go, all right, you got it. But like, yeah. let's hang out here and let me try to get out right now while you get a good grip, yeah. you know? So it's like, uh, it's like half where I acknowledge like, all right, I pretty much tapped, but let me try to get out now while you don't let me get out. You know what I mean? Does yeah. that make sense? hundred percent. Yeah. Better to be safe than sorry with hundred percent. Yeah, because then you can't train. You can't train for a year. Like, what the fuck? Then you're going to get a lot worse. The time I tore my MCL is I went to escape and the way the other guy was moving, I made it worse, essentially. Yes. So it's like you did it to yourself. And I almost did that this week. My friend Labit got me in a heel hook type thing or a straight ankle and I twisted out of it. But then he's like, oh, you okay?" And so like it made me feel cheap a little bit like. Well, did he let go because maybe I was doing something stupid and he was like protecting me? Mm-hmm. Or was I doing like a, the right maneuver? Like, I didn't know. But that's why like from now on, I'm just going to be like, all right, you got a good grip on it. And I didn't want that to happen. And yeah. so I'm going to tap verbally. But now let me try to get out. But right. don't murder me. You know, like just yeah. try to maintain your grip or whatever. Because it made me feel cheap a little. I was like, did I actually defend out or... Right. Was he being a good yeah. partner and just being like, yo, here, like you're that doing something stupid. That is a good way to look at it. Yeah. Um, I, I wonder if we should, I don't, I don't think we should need to apply that to anything else, but net cranks. But the highest level you mean, or what teaching both in that, like we should be teaching net cranks and the understanding of like how much pressure before there's pain and like knowing the implications of that and understanding the difference between those cranks because much like a heel hook like a standard heel hook isn't as dangerous as an inverted heel hook but they're both super dangerous it's the same thing not all neck cranks are equal to a can opener doesn't have like the same implications as i don't even know what this one is called but it's kind of like we could take your dragon sleeper for instance the inverted guillotine from the back basically so scary yeah that for instance like those are kind of two different ways to cause a problem in the neck with those different danger levels. Uh, there's also like, there's like a guillotine version where their head is completely sideways and then you, you crank it. That's one of the worst. I would say that's probably the worst one. The move I'm most scared of 
are arm bars. That's crazy. And it's literally because of old Steven Seagal movies when he would break people, when he would break <laughs> people's real, arms dude. over their, sh- I know, but it's, that's, but that's the thing about fear. It's like just, been ingri- damaged. It, it's from my childhood when he, cause there was a movie and he took the guy's arm and he put it over his shoulder and it snapped in half. And yeah, I always think way. about that. Yeah. <laughs> like, fuck, I mean, so- okay. If I'm going to classify arm bars, they're in amongst the least dangerous. Yeah, I just feel like that's the one I'm always like, oh, I could get out of this. And I have that hubris. And then I'm like, oh, fuck, that was quick. And then, you know what I mean? Like how they say like the most the most likely place to get into an accident is near your home. Two reasons. Yeah. One, you're most likely to be driving around your home, obviously. Yeah. But two, you're just like so comfortable. You do stupid shit. And then you get into an accident. Right so there. I would look at arm bars and wrist locks as pretty on par, which is why I have success. Those are my top two some lifetime submissions. They have to be. And those are the two submissions I get hit with the most, I think. Well, if you think about it, even though they might be the least dangerous, they're, they have the most entries. You can hit an armbar from almost everywhere. For a wrist lock, you can literally hit a wrist lock from everywhere. So, but again, breaking your elbow or your wrist is not too bad. If you're going to pick I'll on look. things to break, it's, it's better than your back. It's better than your neck. It's better than your knee. It's better than your ankle. Knee bars are scary for that reason. Knee bars can be bad. I feel like, I feel like knee bars are terrifying a little bit. They're, but I would tap. I feel like they take longer to hit because your legs are stronger. So like, I feel like you have plenty of time to tap and be like, yo, I'm fucked. So are you going to put them in the same category as heel hooks and neck cranks? Or are you going to put them in the middle? Middle. I think one lower. Okay. Because you do have a strong leg. And like, unless somebody's super jacked, they're not going to snap your leg with it. Okay. So if we could put knee bars in the middle, then I think... It's clear then we agree that arm bars have to be in the least. Yeah, I'm just speaking from okay. my perspective. But I, I think like the other ways you could divide this discussion are what's most likely to impact you. Because then okay. it's like all the least stuff are the most dangerous because you're going to get yes, like that frequent, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. So it's how you divide it. And then it's also what's like the most dangerous, I would say, for like a white and blue belt versus like what's most dangerous for like a black belt. Sure. It's like white and blue belts. Like we also just have no idea sometimes and we're mm-hmm. like ignorant and like oh shit that happened to me like yeah all right so where are you gonna put kimura to me kimura is like one of the least dangerous because okay the person should have control over it they shouldn't be like using crazy muscle and i feel like a lot of people have flexible shoulders in that area so i don't think people's shoulders are flexible i just think people apply the kimura not so great all right. Yeah. So either way, I, I yeah. think like, so like I, I agree with you in that it is not a commonly injured, but I think like when it's done right, it fucks up a bunch of people. Like you've seen in MMA, like how far it can go. Like the Kimura exactly shredded people apart before. But even like when Khabib had Michael Johnson in the Kimura mm-hmm. and I was like screaming, tap, tap, tap. He didn't like tap. And same thing, Dan right. Hooker. With Islam, like Dan Hooker didn't tap. Yeah, those were pretty crazy. But Islam and Khabib obviously know how to apply a Kimura, but still. Uh, yeah, they didn't have the best leverage on it, but yeah. That's that's why I'm trying to say, for me, I put it at the least, because even if those murderers fucking, they still gave time to these other people to tap, even though they weren't necessarily trying, trying to know. Mm-hmm. So I would put Kimura at the, at the lowest. Okay. So if we put arm bars in the least, would we also put bicep slices in there? I don't know if I would put arm bars at the least. 
I put oh. arm bars in the middle because they're yeah. applied often. Yeah. Well, so they're definitely locks. more. They're definitely more. Yeah, I also would put. Well, no, wrist locks. I'd put slightly under arm bars because I feel like arm bars. Like you said, there's so many entries and people go after them. Not enough people go after wrist locks. If we do this same conversation in 10 years, then I'll put wrist locks higher. Because I feel like the popularity of wrist locks are increasing. I'm happy and about so that. Yeah. We're going to okay. see a lot more wrist locks like we see arm locks. And I feel like you're going to see a lot of broken wrists. And so I think we're going to start to be like, oh, it will be dangerous. I think that's like five years from now. Though. Yeah, but I don't think the frequency of it changes because the layoffs aren't as long. Like, I, I think, think that I think the real danger of it is like, okay, worst comes the worst. What happens to me? That's how I'm looking at like the danger level, because like you're going to you, you'll get hurt at some point. Like if you're going to pick that's how I'm looking at danger. Like if you're going to pick your danger, how do you pick it? I'm thinking also, like how long it keeps you away. I think if you break your wrist, you're probably off the mat for six months. No, even though oh, you don't have to be, hey, dude. But I think who it depends. I feel like if if it happens to a white belt or a blue belt and they break their wrist after a year or six months of not being on the mat, you'll just never come back to the mat. You might be scared. You might be gunshot. You wouldn't take that long. I have my wrist hurt right now. I have it. I have it like in a fucking splint and I'll just keep it at my body and roll. I roll one arm. But you have that mentality. You love it already. I'm talking about people that may be new and have their wrist broken. If I tore my knee, I don't really have an option. I can't roll. Okay, well, I'm okay. So, wrist lock is, I just think they're safer than Kimuras. I mean, they're more dangerous than Kimuras. Like, if my wrist is hurt, I could still use that arm to frame. If my elbow's broke, okay, I can't do that. Like, okay, I'll give you the arm bar is a little more dangerous than the wrist lock, but I'd rather my elbow broke than my shoulder broke. Like, I feel like the the closer it gets to my core, the worse. I'm just ignorant because, not ignorant, what's the word? Self-conscious. My wrists are skinny. So I just know I'm going to break my wrist one of these days. If somebody gets me in a good wrist lock. I just wear wrist wraps all the time so that they can't bend. I should. That's yeah, cheating yeah. though a little, right? <laughs> but I feel like I should do that. I deserve it. I'm fucking lighter than everybody anyway. I got to have just some. MMA gloves all the time. That super asset. wrist wrapped. <laughs> yeah, just like ready to fight at all times. No, I need them for my wrists. Yeah, it's bullshit. Okay, so, yeah. All right. So you would think Lista's wrist. We can agree that neck cranks and heel hooks are most. No, least is Kimura. Oh, least is Kimura. Of all the I put least is Kimura. I put wrist slacks of slightly above Kimura. Wow. Wow. Okay. So I, I, I strongly disagree on that one then. Okay. Because I'm thinking about how many people's shoulders actually get teared versus how many people will fuck up their wrist. So to me, frequency matters in this than just. Yeah, I think the frequency the of shoulders thing. is way more than the wrists. Yeah, I guess a lot of people do go. I just trust people when they go for Kimuras. They're not going to be stupid. Wrist locks, I feel like people would be. All right. So then how about bicep slicers then? Because we're attacking. So that's I want to make the distinction between a bicep slices and arm bars. Is one more dangerous than the other? You're still attacking the same joint, but in the manner in which you're doing it, is one more dangerous than the other? Because bicep slices are illegal in like a lot of white belts. I think maybe even blue belts tournaments. I feel like the pressure of those gives you time to tap. I agree. And so I feel like it's like one of those things where I'm like, you know, I, I actually treat slicers the same way as like heel hooks where I'll tell people, I'm like, yo, fuck, I can't get out. And like, I'll, I'll tap kind of, but I'll be like, let me try to get out now. <laughs> like, just don't break oh, my. So you never like felt an immense pain from either of those things. 
I don't know if my body is just weird because sometimes I don't feel these pains or I'm like have like a weird little flexibility, like a hidden flexibility. Uh-huh. But when people get like the bicep slicer or the PZ lock type thing on me, like I'm like, yo, this kind of hurts. And I like I think if I had I'm like, yo, it hurts more and more. But like, I don't know if it was like a life and death situation, like I wouldn't tap. Oh, sure. But, life and death is different. No, but even OK, even not life and death. If it was like a competition, like I don't think I would tap. But like. Okay. For the sake of like, I'm caught though in it and I can't right, get out. Okay. And so like, I'm like, whatever, I should tap anyway. And I don't want to be stupid. And then it just snap when I'm not expecting it. Right. Do you, so, do you go for those moves? No, but my friend Nino, the, I, I hit an accidental slicing, cap slicer, knee slicer. Yeah. Cap slicer. Yeah. It was accidental. He was turning around and then like it, you know how people say you don't accidentally get a sub? Like, you get an accidental knockout with, like, a punch, kind yeah. of? I got an accidental knee slice around him. Because he was turning, and I was trying to go for the takedown. And, like, I kind of had it. I guess he was, like, kind of turtling away. And my leg just wrapped up perfectly. And then I leaned against forward against his leg. And just it went on him hard. And he was like, oh, tap. It was, like, the one time I, I tapped him. And it was an funny. Accident. It was an accident. Really funny. To me, that was a little bit more dangerous. That's kind of like the Oma Pilata because I was literally off balance. So I was falling into him while I had trapped his leg. And I could have hurt him, theoretically. You know what I mean? Like, because I couldn't I know, control yeah, myself. I just, I just love this whole, I hit it by accident. It is funny scenario to think of. It's like, oh, I fell on top of her. Like, I don't know. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think that could happen with any other move, really. But I really Uh, no. that is I I understand what you're saying. And that is a possibility. Like, yeah, those those things can happen. It was the only it might be the only sub you could accidentally hit. And I accidentally hit it. And it was like, yeah, it's like, yes, that's really funny. All right. So do you think the bicep slicer is more dangerous than an armbar? Like, where do you rank it then? You put it in the least then. I would put it less dangerous. And isn't that funny how it's like illegal? Yeah. Well, people. How like, so it's sense. funny. We we both think bicep slicers and wrist locks when the least dangerous and yet at white belt, you're not allowed in I think any tournament to apply those. Ain't that I great? think the pressure I think the pressure gives you time. That's why I think even wrist locks are more dangerous than bicep slicers because it could break quicker. I agree. All right, so maybe we have a new weakest submission. Bicep slicer. Yeah. And not many people go after them though. So, so I feel like uh, Yeah, so Calf slicer, definitely more dangerous. Yes, definitely. Where do we put that? Is that in line with heel hook dangerous or is that more like middle ground? Middle ground, but like with like Oma Pilata where like, yeah, if you are off balance and you're trying something new and you could hurt somebody, I think, okay, accidentally. So this, okay, so this is which makes So fair. I agree with you, it's middle ground. But then you said Oma Plata. So I think a Kimura is more dangerous than the Oma Plata. And... I would even say the omoplata I would put in least dangerous. I think it depends on who's doing it. If a white belt or blue belt is using an omoplata, I think it could be pretty dangerous if they do it wrong and they spaz. These are all valid submissions. Like I'll tap from any of these submissions. I just think of like long-term implications. I think people put a lot more force into the Kimura. It's more of a fight. And so when it gives, it goes where the omoplata is typically a more steadily submitted movement. Yeah, but in my head, they're slipping or they're falling or somebody does something spazzy, and then it could be like hyper dangerous because their whole body is going in. That's anything. No, but that's 
the mechanics of that move, like the body's more dangerous than, you know what I mean? Like another type of move, I think. I don't know. I, Just I, the positioning of where everything is, I, I feel like. calf slicer is one of those middle ground movements. And I think I'm going to put omoplata in the least, but I do think it's the most dangerous of the least. If that makes See, sense. I look at, I look at calf slicer, calf slicer and omoplata. They're both with your legs, and they're both kind of you're leaning forward. And so, like, I kind of look at them as like similar in that aspect. Of, There's like, like, I mean, you can argue the heel them. hook can be mostly legs. You can the arm bar well, is mostly legs. Like it's yeah, it's but it's all like you're mostly leaning. legs. Yeah, not the kimura. That's mostly arms. Exactly, which is why I feel like you have more control. More people chokes. are used to controlling their arm. Chokes we have in the middle ground. What are we missing now? What what have we? Oh, All right, so we've done twisters bars, and shit, wrist locks. I would consider that a crank. I the twister, dangerous. Yeah, yeah. The twister is definitely one of the most dangerous. Spinal neck cranks. Yeah, I think that's covered. We've got heel hooks, neck cranks, most dangerous. I think that's all we're putting in the most dangerous category. Should we put another one in the most dangerous category? No, because to be the most dangerous, it has to be something that is maybe like a calf slicer bit. does get in there. Because if you do blow out on the calf slicer, the layout's long. Same thing with a knee bar. Yeah, but like we said, the, the pressure for the knee bar, it's like a little bit easier to tap. So maybe Fair. calf slicer slightly higher than knee bar, and they're like the highest of the middle ground. How about toe hold? We can do toe hold, ankle lock. Maybe we should differentiate straight ankle lock and toe hold. Well, straight ankle would be one of the more least dangerous because you have some time and it's like a pressure thing. Where the toe hold, I feel like you could break your toe quicker. Okay, so I have a question hurt. for you. What's more dangerous, the Kimura or the toe hold? I mean, I'm sorry, the Kimura or the straight ankle? Because I think the Kimura. The Kimura is more dangerous. The Kimura is more dangerous than the straight ankle. Is that because you think the layoff is longer from the Kimura? So we look at things differently. I'm not looking at layoff. I'm looking at likelihood of the likelihood of injury. But doesn't that differ from person to person? Like, are you looking at it as as yourself, or you're looking at it like population? Okay, both. Well, uh, in this conversation, population. Yeah. So then, then the wrist lock, not so much, because I have skinny wrists. Right. Population. Then yeah, I would say the ankle is the least dangerous. There's a lot of boys with thick fucking cankles. You know, and it's like harder to hit. I think it's just it's one of those moves that like you get it, but I feel like after a while people don't tap to it after white belt. So funny because as I'm looking at my own game, we're putting, and I agree with you in that I think like the straight ankle. Again, I'm not trying to put down these submissions because not only would I tap to all these submissions, but the arm bar, the wrist lock, and the straight ankle are definitely top three submissions I get people with. Really? You go for yeah, the straight ankle? Like, oh, these are like the least dangerous. Yeah. Interesting. High straight ankle, that's definitely my biggest leg lock. I'm definitely known as the straight ankle guy. Like when people, want, like they ask me like how to finish straight ankles because I get a lot of finishes from there. Interesting. Yeah. I like the straight ankle a lot because it's, it's the least setting up. You just have to be good at, you have to be good at getting a good bite. That's basically all it is. And I got that from Dean Liston. I'm so bad at the bites, getting the bites, the right bites. Yeah, I think that's why wrist locks are really good for me too. Wrist locks and straight ankles. These are movements that people don't really like understand too well or they think that aren't that very real. Take advantage of it. Do you think there's a hierarchy of certain chokes that are more dangerous than other chokes? Ooh, that's a good way to... Maybe we should... Yeah, because we just grouped chokes like all together. 
So, like, do you think, like, the bow and arrow could be more dangerous than, like, the arm triangle versus, like, the guillotine? Like, what's, like, the... Yeah, you're right. Okay, so I think we hit all the submissions. Maybe we should make a hierarchy of chokes in this. I would say the bow and arrow is probably one of the more dangerous chokes. Now, no gi guys probably don't know what a bow and arrow choke is, but it's just a gi choke. But because it's a big twisting movement, like, you could potentially crank something there. And you got your leg on their head and you're pulling their fucking, you're like, uh, yeah, yeah, you're treating their whole body like a bow and arrow. One of your legs is over their hip, right? And the other leg yeah. is over their head. And so yeah. you're just like fucking, uh, I would say a bow and arrow. It's almost like a wrestling be, move. Is it high on dangerous though? Because you know, it's coming kind of a long way out. It's just hard to stop. <laughs> it also just feels like, it also just feels like irritated because the gi like goes yeah. right into your throat so it's more like a cut it's not like dangerous in the sense of all right so least dangerous head and arm triangle that's my favorite move okay mm-hmm. but i say at least I, dude all all my favorites are the least dangerous move. yeah yeah so this is yeah this, this is my favorite head and arm i um, love okay so and head Darces. and arm is probably the least dangerous choke i'd say and the most dangerous choke what would i put as the most dangerous choke i'm trying to think like the most likely to put you out choke because I think that would probably do the most damage to your carotteries. What's the sneakiest choke? There's something called the sneaky choke, no? But that's with the gi. There probably is. Oh, a 10-finger guillotine is kind of more like trachea choke. It's not really that much of a oh, choke. Oh, that squatting guillotine where somebody's down. Is that what you mean by the 10-finger? Yeah, uh-huh. And then their head is in your That's one of my sternum. best jokes, the 10-finger guillotine. Yeah. That's a great move. And that shit scares my neck. Yeah, when that's, we practice I feel like that's, that that's kind of like more neck crankish. It's a choke. Yeah. Like choke before neck crank, but the danger is neck crank if they don't. Because yeah, you need to solidify their head against your fucking body. So yeah. you're pinning it. And that's that's the scary one. We just did that last week too. That was like fucking that was fun. But every time I did it with my friend and we were training together, he would just nonstop cough after and it made oh, me yeah. feel bad uh, and it's like kind of like oh and it made me think of your study thing a little bit i was like i guess we are like killing each other. the 10 finger guillotine is my favorite guillotine again i'm so un- I, when i think about my favorite submissions they're they're like very unconventional outside of like armbar but that's just armbars jujitsu so like uh, like i've said if you don't have good jujitsu unless you have good armbars so let me ask you this if someone is new to the gym and friendly mm-hmm. what would you what do you like to tap them with like how new Say they're like near and you're like fucking around with them. Like we your little brother. Or like six months. That's a difference. All right. Let's say like uh, a month. A month? I usually don't even like tap them. Really? You are? A month? If I say it's like a month in, they, they barely even know what like. Say like, all right. Say six months what, then. Like, for... Oh, do you know what butterfly guard is? They're probably like, no. Okay. Say six months then. Say they're new. Obviously you're better. Okay. Six months. I'll hit them with anything. No, but what's like a fun thing you want to hit? What do I want to hit them with? Yeah, like what's like a like a thing arm like bar. a. They should know armbar. Arm like that's the most basic. Say arm someone's arm. a, say someone is semi new, like six months to a year, and they're a dick in your gym. What would you like to hit them with? What do you mean by dick? Like how? Just like they rub you the wrong way. Do I you have like a move? I know, but is there a move you'd be like, oh, I, I'd like to hit them with this, like just to. What I'm trying to get from you is like, do you have different moves for different situations that are fun? I like, do I know where you're getting at this? It's just, yeah, I do. So when you fight your little brother, what can so you do? You can give him a movie. Rizlock is my most comedic move. Okay, so I literally laugh when I'm doing it, and oftentimes it gets to a point now, like I've wrist locked everyone I've 
pretty much rolled with. And so it's like, even me going for it is an immediate smile from the opponent. This, this motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, against I think the wrist lock is my ultimate. Like I, I think as soon as they're hitting like six months of experience, I go for wrist locks on them. Right. Again, I do it in a way that like I've never broken anyone's wrist on a wrist lock. Mm-hmm. But I've gotten a lot of taps because you can do it in ways that secure it and move cautiously. They don't have to be grip and rip, like a neck crank, like a heel hook. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And the difference is what I like. So people can say this about heel hooks too. Is like if you don't get the heel hook, you can get other things. Maybe you transition to a knee bar or a straight ankle. But for the wrist lock especially, it really opens up arm bar, Kimura. Like there's always one of those things if I'm not getting the wrist lock. Yeah, I got to do more wrist locks. Got to watch some of those Pete the Greek videos. The thing I attack the most is arms easily. Yeah, I I attack back. Yeah, you attack like neck. I attack arm. Different. Okay, so in talking about the least and most dangerous chokes, we're like, all right, head and arm triangle, I'd say least. A regular triangle, I'd put in the high end. There's a lot of ways. Of dangerous? Yeah, there's a lot of ways to defend it, but it's the strongest choke. That's the one I do to the newest people because I could definitely not hit somebody at my level of triangle. There are a lot of ways to defend it. And triangles like arm bars are in a lot of scenarios like wherever mm-hmm. there's an arm bar there is a triangle so you should do that to new people because they that that's jujitsu arm bars and triangles is like yeah that's the first things i think of in jujitsu so you should do that but in terms of like your legs are doing the choke your legs are the strongest things you have so if anything's going to choke someone out the triangle is like that's the strongest choke the most people i've put away to sleep have been through triangle i put somebody to sleep once via the Dars. Oh, okay. Or Anaconda. I don't remember which one, but I was on top of him. So it was Dars. And he didn't tap. And then I was like, yo, why the fuck isn't he tapping? Because I was like, yo, I feel like I have it. And then he like made yeah. a noise. And then I let yeah. go, like thinking like, oh, that was the tap. And then like he was asleep. And I was so scared. And I look around and everyone's still rolling. And in my head, I was like, yo, why is nobody helping me you know and then and then like i shook up and then he got up and then i was like you nobody noticed this it was so weird you know like when bad things happen uh-huh. in crowds and nobody notices it kind of freaked me out i was like yo nobody noticed and then like i started to be like yo what if i just tried holding that for like 30 seconds because sometimes you hold those for a while because they're like slow blood type chokes you know and then i was like yeah i could have that could have been scary yeah it is scary well, the, the level of trust that's with your training partners is is pretty high yeah yeah, and I love that guy. He's a doctor, and he was just like, "Oh no, no, you did everything right." And he's like, "My arm was caught, so I couldn't tap or something." Mm. And it was just like one of those weird angles there that I hit it quick. That's Maybe a fear. I fell on. That's a fear. Yeah. Like when your when your hands aren't available to tap and a choke is on, you start stomping. You try to make a noise. You start doing something to let them know. Yeah, that's, that's a tough one. So yeah. I so I, I I would say triangle is is up there. Dars and Anaconda are kind of different. I guess you can crank from a Dars and Anaconda. Yeah. But you can't really crank from a triangle, right? Like there's no neck crank triangle. A head and arm triangle, you can still neck crank them. But that's different. That's a neck crank. So I won't even put it in. I can't put it as like a danger for the choke. So yeah, head and arm least. I'm saying triangle most. Rear naked choke least. Oh, Ezekiel least. I think the 10 finger squat guillotine is the most dangerous. The most the dangerous? After the bow and arrow. I don't. Oh, yeah. Bow and arrows. 
I think is kind of dangerous too. Yeah, Bonau is definitely dangerous. Maybe whoever's doing the guillotine, because if you get some jacked motherfucker, I feel like he could yeah. hurt you. All right, all right. I think we're we're kind of in agreement there. Yeah. Any other north south choke? Is that more dangerous than any of the others? I think it's oh, more it's dangerous like, than a rear naked. I just put them at the same level. It's so hard to hit yeah, a north south are. choke too. Mm-hmm. And I feel like once you have the north south choke hit on you, like it's easy to tap out of it. I've been getting a lot more north south chokes. Have I told you about that? No. Ever since we talked to, to Jeff Monson, it's just been in my mind. Like every time really? I thigh control and I'm facing their legs, I usually try to set up a north south. I go to north south and set up the north south. And like, my success is way more now than it was pre-Jeff Monson. Why? He didn't teach me anything. He didn't, it just is in my head. It's in your head. Yeah. I can only hit, it's the same thing with triangles. I can only hit north-south on new people. <laughs> so then oh, I can be yeah. like, all right. But then once somebody's like good enough, like I'm not good enough. Yeah, so that's the, yeah. So I'm not north-south choking people higher ranked than me. I can get north-south on people same rank, but not higher. Where wrist lock, wrist lock, or straight or maybe not arm bar but bicep slicers those are moves i get on people better than me the only move i could get on people my level or slightly better than me is the rear naked choke and then threatening the guillotine soon it will be the guillotine because i've been getting good bites but i just haven't finished it but the rear naked in the back like yeah but like the arm triangle is also coming up close but not there yet an armbar and triangle and the other stuff, definitely not. That has to be like, okay, I got to be better than you mm-hmm. to get those. Yeah, I, I think in order to get good at armbars and triangles, you have to develop a closed guard game. I, I do believe that. Yeah, and I still don't feel totally comfortable with my hips and shit. Yeah, that, that, that's, that, that's why I think getting armbars and triangles is important because it's like how you move your hips and then that translates to everything. And because those moves are everywhere, you have to move your hips everywhere. Like, that's jujitsu. The better those get, the better everything gets. <sighs> Got to do some jujitsu tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. All right, man. So I think we have a hierarchy. The I top yeah. is the twister and neck cranks. Yeah. Then heel hooks. So it's the, it's the farther yeah. extremities, the neck and the yeah. heels. Then the mid-level to higher, the chokes. So actually, yeah, a little bit lower and... The uh, calf slicer and knee bars. I'm putting calf in part of the most. Okay. So whatever. It's close enough. Okay. So we're actually working our way towards the middle of the body. That's interesting. Yeah. Then, then it goes to like arm bars, wrists. And yeah, that, it's weird how it worked. The furthest extremities are the most dangerous. And then the more towards the middle core we got, we're like, okay, that's less. No, I mean, I'd say your neck was the most dangerous. That is your middle. I think the more distal you got, the better. Like... Oh, I don't look at neck as the middle. I look at it as the top. So it's like it's high oh, up. Oh, okay, okay. You're going from bottom up or something. Yeah, so I'm saying the bottom and the top are the most dangerous. Like those oh, are the ones you're the saying, most risky yeah. at. And then as you get to your core of your body and your arms, we're saying that's like middle to. Okay, low. I gotcha. I was thinking more medial and distal, like your center. Okay. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. yeah. Like the further from my spine, the better. That's how I think of it. <laughs> that's the, be- that's uh, the simplest way for me to put it. The okay. further from my spine, the better. Yeah, that's just trickier because we said heel hooks are dangerous. So they're further than your spine than... Okay, your if my arms and legs are equal, that's what I would say. <laughs> <laughs>
All right, I got to hit some of these moves now. I got to hit the nicer moves and not the dangerous moves. Yeah. But that's what's funny is like some of the least dangerous moves we said are illegal moves. Wrist locks, bicep slicers. It's weird. Yeah. And it comes down to, yeah, we, maybe we should start teaching some of these things to avoid it. All of it. I, uh, neck cranks. I think neck cranks are the old school heel hook ideology. You have to at least teach it. You have to be equipped to know it. You can't just be like, yo, never do these. That's what we're doing right now. We're saying never do them. That's what most jujitsu schools say. Never do neck cranks. Why? Can I ask you a question that's along this line, but has nothing to do with the jujitsu thing? Okay. So there was that Buffalo shooter, right? That killed like Mm -hmm. 10 people. I don't really know that much about it, but go ahead. All right. So it was a racially motivated killing. He killed 10 black people in a black supermarket in Buffalo. Mm -hmm. And in fact, he almost shot a white person and the white guy was like, no, please don't. And he goes, oh shit, sorry. Like he literally said sorry to this white guy and, and shot up a bunch of black people. So then he wrote a manifesto and I was like, yo, I want to read this manifesto. And then I was like looking for this manifesto for like a couple hours. Mm-hmm. And then in my head, I was like, am I empowering that in- guy? Yeah. Or am yes. I, is it good because I'm a teacher and I'm learning about it and I, I teach a class on revolutions and shit. And I want to know what these people are thinking. But so, and I'm like, and I even like kind of made part of a lesson, like on some of the stuff he mentions in the manifesto. Cause <laughs> I think it's fascinating. Like these things are happening, but then it's also like I'm promoting it in some way. And so I'm very torn. It kind of just reminded me of like the heel hook thing. Yeah. It, oh, okay. How does this relate to heel hook? Say that again. Because we were saying like, if you don't teach about it, you'll get hurt from oh, doing I see it. what you're saying. Okay. And so like, part of me is like, well, I want to teach about what he's saying because there's some truth to the things he's saying. There's no context. And so I was like, am I adding to his fame? And now are more people going to do it? Because we're all searching for it. Right. I see what you're saying. I was thinking it's more along the lines of like serial killers. Like serial killers do it because they have like this need for like almost like fame from it. Like when they make manifestos and stuff. Yeah. And we basically buy in. If 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 they knew that we weren't going to do it, there would be no manifestos, right? There would be no grand scheme to influence other people or any you know what i mean if we i don't know value that i think the serial killers get off on that's like what i'm saying se- but they like, get sexual desire from it i mean that too, they literally get off where these shooters i think are young kids that are like i want to get famous yeah and start a race war yeah but again we we enable that with the fascination but it's also normal to be curious about that peculiar behavior yeah, made me feel a little dirty, but I want to teach about it. So I'm like, I should know about this shit. Yeah, I don't know. It's one of those I, things. I feel the same way. That's why I kind of don't want to know. Like, that's why I just don't really like pay attention to it. Yeah. It does feel dirty. Like, I get it. Yeah. I don't have to teach anyone about it. So, <laughs> and that's why people say dirty wrist lockers and dirty heel hookers. <laughs> they even go, you like little scumbags. Uh, that's why I find it funny because I'm like, I don't find it dirty at all. I don't mind when people think like, oh, this fucking wrist lock guy. And I'm like, yeah, I'm the wrist lock guy. So, yeah, you're not all that different than the Buffalo shooter. I guess that's what it comes down to. You are <laughs> scumbag. All right. That was good. I hope uh, I hope all the injury talk doesn't dissuade people from training. I just hopefully it means we're training smarter. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You got to understand that in a game where you're trying to hurt the other person, that it can happen but usually doesn't. And a lot of sports get like that too. So I don't think jujitsu is unique in that. Yeah. But yeah. All right. That wraps up episode 50. Thanks for listening, guys. We appreciate it. Like always. Cheers. 
Thanks for listening to the Philosophy of Fighting podcast. If you have any questions, suggestions, or if you would like to fight us, send us a DM on Instagram at philosophy underscore fighting.